Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you ever have somebody come against you? You ever have somebody talk bad about you? Try to take things from you? Come in between your marriage? Come in between your family? I mean, we've all experienced stuff like that. But guess what? If God be for you, who can be against you? It, it doesn't really matter... It doesn't really matter the things that are, a lot of times, you know, God brings us out of stuff. He brings us out of difficult situations. And, you know, you'll always have those people that are like, oh, you know, they always want to put you back where you came from. And they never think that, that, that you can be better. But guess what? If God be for you, who can be against you? And all you got to do is just say, you know what, I... I'm not the person I was before. I'm hooked up with the things of God. That means that I'm just going to keep rising to the top and I'm going to let, and either you're going to get on this train and be like, wow, you know, God is real. If he did it for him, he can do it for me or else guess what? Psalm 23, the only other alternative is Psalm 23 says he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So either way, they're either going to join you while you rise up or God's going to set a table before you. But it keeps going. It says, it says, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies he who is he who condemns, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. God called us to rise above these things, to rise above. Yes, you're going to have problems. You giving your life to Christ doesn't mean you're never going to have any more difficulties. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges. But through Christ, you can overcome every one of them. Every single one. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to enter into our praise and worship. So if we could stand to our feet. And I always tell people the key to praising is that you praise them like the battle's already been won. You don't sit around and be like, oh, you know what, once, once, once God gives me the breakthrough, then I'll pray. No, I praise him like it already happened because I know in the mind of God it's done. Amen? Amen. That's how we roll today. Conquerors, more than conquerors in Christ, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this morning. We just, we thank you, Lord, that your presence is here among us, Lord. And we invite you to have your way in this service and do only what you can do, Lord. I pray that you would heal the broken hearts. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the weak, Lord. I pray that faith would rise in this sanctuary. Lord, we give you the glory and we give you the glory.
we give you the honor. We thank you for a beautiful morning, and we thank you for a beautiful week in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Take amen, it away, amen, praise amen. team. Before we get started, we always sing some happy birthdays. We got two special birthdays in here today. We have Aiden, our sound guy who is turning, our light guy who is turning 15 today. And then we have my son Judah who is turning three today. So if we can sing happy birthday to both of them guys, that'll be great. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Aiden and Judah. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Father. Oh! 
Father, I just thank you so much just for allowing us just to be here, Lord. We're uh, changing situations for us in many different scenarios. Father, you know my heart today. You know how I'm feeling today, Lord. So I just ask that you just enter me today, Father. birthday party I got a call that my my brother overdosed you know and it's not the first time not the second time and we're just like he's going to get out of this and he's saying he's thinking we're like he's going to get out of this he's a fighter he's a he's a fighter he doesn't quit never quits he's just always been this guy but when you you realize that he isn't going to get out of it it just puts a puts a knife in your soul, dares your heart, hearing that you, you're somebody in your family is just gonna, it's not gonna be here, you know, and but I'm worshiping a God who does so many things, and he's changing and he's, he's fixed many situations, and, and I'm getting calls, and I'm getting questions that he's not gonna make it, in fact, I got a call right before I was worshiping that it's it, and, you know, and do you wanna leave, do you wanna go, we can figure out the worship it's like, no, no, this is my peace. No, worshiping with God, being with God is my peace. If anybody's going to get me through this situation, it's him. Yes. You know, I can't put my trust on anybody else but him. So I'm going to be here to give him my all and worship on, my all. Because my God is a healer. My God is a changer. My God does things that I can't comprehend. So some of you guys may be going through some similar things guys may be struggling. And I'm going to ask you guys just to give it to our God. You know, I, stop worrying. Stop stop thinking. Stop trying to figure the, situ the situation out and let him figure it out. Because I'm telling you what, for these past, this whole night, me trying to figure something out that I know that my God can do because he did it for me, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pointless of me trying to figure it out. Why not just get on my hands and knees and tell him to do it? What is stopping us from surrendering our lives? What is stopping us from surrendering our all? And a lot of us don't even realize it's yourself. A lot of us walk around here thinking that you're mighty, you're bigger, you're better than somebody. A lot of us walk around here thinking that you're better than the next person to the left and the right of you, but not even realizing that person to the left and the right of you is struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. But you want to hide it because you're afraid. I ask that you guys just empty your heart today because that's what I'm going to do. And I know when I leave here what I got to do and where I got to go and who I got to see. But I know that I can't do those things without my father. I can't, I can't be in the right mind state. I can't be in the right spirit to even be there for my family unless he's in me. So guys, empty yourself so that you can be put in the right situation. Because you never know what could happen. You never know. We pray. We pray every single day. We thank our God that thank you for waking us up because that's serious. We're all not given the next day. So when we stand up and we say, thank you, Father, for waking us up. No, thank you, Lord, for waking us up because we are not promised what's next. 
Father, I just thank you for this time, this allowing me to, just giving me the strength to be here and worship you, Lord. I'm, I'm nothing without you. We're nothing without you, Father. We're empty without you. We're broken without you, Lord. So, Father, give us strength and give us power so that we can keep pouring out for you. So that we can just keep giving you our all in every situation, Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everything that you're going to do. And I ask that you use this situation to turn around any circumstances that we may be going through as a family. Fill us up, Lord. Fill this church up, Father. Fill the families in this church up, Lord. Fill the marriages up, Lord. Fill the husbands and wives. Fill the men and women up in your grace and your power. Show them. Show them your glory and your strength, Lord, as you've always done it. Father, I just thank you.
is us so that it can be strong and courageous. So that it can go out and step on any any mountain that stands in their way, Lord. So that they can speak to that mountain and say boo. Father, fill these teachers up so that they can teach these kids and train these kids your word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. Kids can start making their way back to their classes and the teachers meet them in the back. Kind of getting ready to take the offering and, you know, God kind of put a word on my heart, but kind of some things shifted during worship. someone that you love suffer with addiction it's really hard when that addiction takes their life and you know you got to understand that like everything's spiritual and for so long like the whole government everything we do in America is attacking it from this place that you know that they're doing everything but putting God in it. But that's what will stop it. 120,000 people last year overdosed. And I get, I get frustrated. I get mad. Because it doesn't seem like anybody cares. And I get mad when we have politicians and they don't do anything about it. They could stop it if they wanted to stop it. But they don't. And there's this whole thing built around addiction. And it's hard when you sit at somebody's funeral and you see their parents. You know, the devil's here to steal, kill, and destroy. But the thing is, is, you know, our, our hope isn't, never has been in who we get into the White House or who we get into the governor's, governor's mansion. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Come on, Pastor. If you struggle with addiction, there's one thing that can break it. Jesus Christ. Because if you could do it on your own, you would be able to. You need a power greater than yourself. Jesus said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And a power greater than yourself can overcome the addiction and set you free. And that was, honestly, that was how this church was was birth the first ministry I had. I never seen myself up here preaching or pastoring a whole church. I knew that God set me free from drugs and alcohol, not a 12-step program. It was one step. I, I met Jesus and I became a new creation in Christ and I followed him with all my heart and, and all that was gone. And I and I said Saul my friends and family and I said I, I, I just I want to help them too I want to I, I want to I want to be able to make a difference because I knew there was this spirit of addiction that was just pressing on this whole valley and it's pressing on our whole country and so I, I got to start a celebrate recovery it was a Christian recovery program and before you knew it there were more people coming to that recovery program that were coming to church on Sunday 
and we just began to fill the church up with people who were ex-addicts and ex-alcoholics, and pretty soon uh, this became a place that people knew, like, this is a safe place. Like, if you need help, if you need real help, that the people will meet you there. Your problems don't scare them. That there's a bunch of people who had, who had faced the things that you faced and came out of that. And that was the whole root of our church. And that's always been the DNA of our church. And it will always be the DNA of this church. And yeah, you know, when you have somebody who overdoses close to you and they don't make it, it's hard. It hurts. But what can we do except, you know what? We're going to make the, you know, the, the devil's going to be mad that he comes and he messes with my family because, you know what, we're going to be on mission and we're going to see more people set free than ever before and we're going to push on. And it's just like we talked about, I, we might not be able to get the gospel and reach every single drug addict in the United States, but you know what, we can reach the one, right? We can reach one around here, and then they can reach one more. And that's what we're going to do. And that's the reason why we give. That's the reason why we give, because there's one hope, and his name is Jesus. And this is his organization. The church is the only organization representing the kingdom of God. It's the only organization that has the authority and the power to dislodge the works of Satan that's working in our schools, that's working in our communities, that's working in our neighborhoods and working in our families. And together we put our resources together, we're partners with the Lord, and the Lord does amazing things. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for, thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you that you, that, that your word says that it's not the, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. You didn't come for the people who think they're righteous, but you came for the sinner. You came for the broken. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that, that you'll never turn down a broken and contrite heart, Lord. And we thank you for the miracles that we've seen. We thank you for the people who've come to Christ. We thank you for the addictions that have been broken, Lord. And, and even if there's people in here that, as we speak, are struggling, Lord, we trust in your word says that he who started a good work will take that to completion. So we claim that deliverance in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray that you would begin to use us even more so than you ever have as a force that will dislodge this pharmacia spirit that is rampant in our community. Lord, that you would use us, Lord, that we would grow and we would dislodge this spirit from this community. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and take the offering. If you'd rather give electronically, there's ways to do that up on the screen. Also, if you received a bulletin when you came in, there is a QR code that you can scan, and that takes you to online giving. Uh, one good news that I will just give you guys, I talked about that we were kind of juggling three major projects that I was hoping to get done by the end of the year, but uh, I think you know, unless something miraculous happens, we'll, we'll get two out of three. But um, we wanted to get Hope's Haven opened up. We wanted to get our parking lot project kind of built out. And we wanted to get our kitchen done. And so um, we, were, we were looking at stoves. That's kind of one of the last things we needed. We, we needed to get a stove so they can build out the fire suppression system. And... Um, we were kind of looking at a lot of different options, looking at some used ones, 
you know, trying to find some, some new ones. So we found a place that was going to give us a deal, and it was on a new stove, brand new. And um, they said, well, you know, we, we can't do any donations because we've kind of, we're, we're tapped out, but we'll work with you. We'll, we'll do payments or whatever. So I was going to go in, and I was going to try to work something out so we could get that stove. And, and a generous family came up and said, here, here's the money. Just go buy the stove outright. Gave me an envelope of cash. And it's that type of sacrificial giving that will move this church forward. And we always talk about, you know, the Bible talks about storing up treasure in heaven. You know, it's like you're, you know, you're not going to, there's no Hertz that has a U-Haul hooked up to it. Like, hey, can you get all them knickknacks from my attic and bury them with me when I go? No, you're going to be in heaven. And that money that you give to build his kingdom, that sacrificial giving, that follows you into eternity. Amen. So, some good news, we're moving forward, that kitchen will we'll start going down the thing. Hope's Haven, you know, just putting the final touches on the air conditioning and the walls, and so we're working. So those projects, I think, we can bring to a close by the end of the year. The parking lot, I don't know, you know, we're looking at between thirty and 40000 to finish that. So, uh, in God's timing, we'll get it. I know it's already done, and so God will provide. Um, I do want to just make, uh, I wanted to bring up Valerie um, up here. Val, if you want to come up really quick, there's a ladies Bible study that's talking. If you don't know uh, Valerie and Dave, um, you need to get to know them. They're relatively new here to New Hope. They came up from the, the south, and uh, David is the chaplain here at Beaver County Jail. So, um, you know, just a great resource. They fit right in. So I'm going to let her tell you about the Bible study coming up. Are we on? Not quite. He'll find it. You got to be muted. It's not on. It's on. It's green. We don't have. <laughs> we might have to give you a wired mic. Um, it's just uh, if it's not muted, it might be something up here. I'm not sure. Why don't we bring you, it, it's just too much of an echo. You guys are just going to have to come up on stage. While I figure out why our wireless isn't working. Thanks. All right, here we go. Okay, um, everybody knows Shelly. Dave and I are kind of new, but we really feel like we found our church home. Um, because this place is real.
It there, you can't find it. Check one, two. We're on. It should be a line, and then you could, there should be a green line jumping, even though it's on mute. Can't find it. All right. Why don't you guys go ahead and just, wait, I think we're on now. You got it? All right. There he is. Give a hand, give a round of applause for Zeke. Good job, Zeke. We appreciate that. Uh, I, I, the reason I was, you know, we have other mics, but I think it would kind of be essential for uh, our friends over here to go ahead and operate. So I'm going to turn it over. I, I wanted to just give a little background of um, our connection kind of with uh, Teen Challenge. They're going to explain their ministry, so I don't want to sit here and explain it for them. But, you know, you guys know that, you know, I talked a little bit about our uh, recovery program that we started and there were people that would come to those meetings, man, and it was like, I knew they needed more. They had nowhere to go. So it was like, you know, we prayed for them, we'd give them the word, but then like, they're leaving, and a lot of times they didn't have anywhere to go, and that led us to open our men's recovery home, um, the bridge. And, you know, we had a non-working program, and I used to pull, I pulled a lot of resources from, uh, from Teen Challenge to use, because I was familiar with the the ministry of David Wilkerson. He was one of my ministry heroes. And so we were pulling material from there and we kind of had this uh, program. And, you know, if you've ever ran a program like that that reaches out and kind of helps uh, people that are struggling with addiction, I mean, it can be hard sometimes. And especially because we were a new program, you know, they only sent us people that they really, they couldn't find anywhere else for them to go. I mean, they had been kicked out of every program, every, so they, they would send them to us, and so we ran it for a while, and then I had some leadership failures, and we had some issues with funding, and I'm like, man, we, we just, we got to kind of reboot this, and so I reached out to uh, some leadership at Teen Challenge, and I said, hey, you know, maybe we can start a center here in Ambridge, we have the building, we can do a partnership, and long story short, it just kind of didn't work out um, because they wanted to own the building that they did ministry out of, but they said, you know, they said, you know, uh, some of our aftercare, you know, we could do a better job with our aftercare, and I started praying that, okay, well, maybe that can be our piece of the puzzle is to have a place for aftercare when uh, these guys are kind of in 
recovery and then they can come and be part of a church family and we can get them working. And, and so that's how we did a reboot and that's kind of the program that we're running now and a lot of guys that have passed through here come through there. We talk to them a lot. I got to preach at their chapel um, a few months ago and so they're just a, a, an awesome ministry. So I'm so happy to have them today even though we, I don't know, Rich booked it like three years ago or something. I was like, I don't know, man, I guess it'll be okay, you know, I really don't book my calendar 10 years out, but it's all good, man, I, you know, and then all of a sudden it was here, so <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to turn it over to the guys, so could we give them a warm round of applause to the team here? Yeah, just don't lift it from the top. Are we on? I don't think we're on. My name is Andre. I'm 44 years old. I'm from Greensburg, Pennsylvania. I've been in the program about nine months. Hey, Brandon. I'm from Elizabeth. I've been in the program going on seven months. My name is Ryan. I'm from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I've been in the program for six months. My name's Joey. I'm from Fitchburg. I'm 40. I've been in the program for about a month. Good morning, church. My name's Travis. I'm 35. I'm from Connorsville, Pennsylvania. And I've been in the program about two months. So at this time, uh, I'm going to give a little bit of a background on uh, Adult Tea Challenge as well as... Uh, just kind of let you know what's going on. Uh, we're going to have uh, two testimonies today, and we'll have a word from Pastor Rich. So um, as uh, Pastor Rick was saying, uh, David Wilkerson started Teen Challenge in about 1958. Uh, he was watching television and disturbed with what he saw. He decided he needed to do something, so he actually sold his television set, uh, went out to New York City, and tried to evangelize to uh, some gang members. What he saw on TV was that uh, they actually had slain uh, a younger child. And he went to a court hearing for one of the gang members. Uh, he wanted to pray for them and essentially got laughed out of court. Uh, there's actually a famous photo of him uh, where a reporter asked, uh, you know, hey, pastor, what's that book in your hand? He said, what's the Bible? He said, you're not ashamed of it, are you? He said, of course not. So he, you know, holds it up and everything. And um, that's been, I think, in every Teen Challenge building uh, around the world. Now there's about 1,400 locations worldwide, and uh, again, there's two in Pennsylvania, two in even the Ukraine now. Um, so at this time, um, I'm just going to kind of tell you what uh, the program has done for me. And I need to preface that by saying that it's not the program necessarily, but it's what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Um, so uh, I grew up an only child, um, and I think that I kind of had at least an addictive personality before I ever picked up a substance. Uh, I remember as a kid um, doing things just to an obsessive nature, uh, whether it was video games, riding my bike till it was dark out and my parents were probably about ready to put a missing persons report out to look for me. Um, just, I mean, whatever I did, I did. Oh, lost the mic, uh, as much as I possibly could. So uh, by the time I was about uh, 10 years old or so, um, started kind of making some of the wrong friends. Uh, I thought that I knew better than what my parents and grandparents were telling me, and that wasn't the case at all. 
started to get into some trouble. I uh, had some friends that were, you know, into vandalizing buildings and, you know, breaking windows out and stuff like that. Uh, and I ended up being kind of the fall guy for that. And I don't know, I guess it was kind of my role with that group of friends. Um, by the time I was about 14 years old, uh, got introduced to marijuana, alcohol, and uh, that was kind of something that I did on the weekends at first, and slowly that even progressed to, you know, something that I was doing on a daily basis. Um, fast forward a few more years, uh, got introduced to painkillers, and that kind of, uh, it didn't last real long, uh, but at the same time, uh, it was something that I definitely thought I enjoyed at the time. Um, so as time went on, I kind of got worse and worse, and uh, I, I knew God. I mean, I, I had um, like a foundation in the church. We went to church every Sunday whenever I was growing up. Uh, my grandfather had actually been a pastor before I lost him uh, whenever I was 10 years old. So it wasn't anything that I wasn't aware of, but I never really invited Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Um, by the time uh, this, well, a year ago in October uh, hit, I succumbed to an overdose, and that was whenever enough was enough for me. Um, I remember just being just complete mess in tears uh, in the emergency room saying, God, you know, if you have a will for me, please show it to me now because uh, I'm lost without you. And that's about the time the start, things started to change. Um, it took me another few months to finally get into a program. Uh, Teen Challenge was the ticket, and uh, I've been there for uh, almost six months now, and I'm thankful to God uh, to give me another chance and to be standing here in front of you today. Uh, at this time, uh, I'd like to turn it over to my friend Joseph, and uh, he has another testimony for you. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Hello, New Hope. Thank you for having us. Hey. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to be here with the use of my legs, the faculties of my mind, everything, because I, I should have been dead at least ten times. Uh, and it's nothing but the blood of Christ that has saved me, redeemed me, and brought me to this point. Um, I knew it given my testimony, but I'm going to do my best here. Uh, let's see. Six years Um, God bless their souls. They couldn't give me what they didn't have. So I did my best to uh, raise myself. I did a real good job of it. So I wound up in prison quite a few times. And uh, I just continued in the drug life, selling drugs so I could use drugs. Um, I learned some skills along the way and whatnot. But uh, I decided it was a good, reason, a good idea to get baptized when I was about 18. Uh, but it turned out I just got whipped. Um, I married Christ, and for 20 years, I was a liar and a cheat. It was up until a couple of years ago, I, I finally met, met Jesus on the floor of my cell in the hole in Ohio prison. Uh, I was in Ohio prison for three years for trafficking, and right before I went there, I shared my addiction with my wife. And I had to watch her succumb to the throes of addiction helpless to do anything about it. Um, and I was in a prison where drugs were like water. It was easier to get a line of meth than it was a honey bun. So uh, I turned to what I knew. Um, 
But the whole time I, I, I was thinking, you know, I'm turning to the very thing I sold my life, my soul, my wife, and my family into hell with. And I was a slave to it. I became a slave to methamphetamine. Um, I started crying out to God. Why, 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 why? Please take this from me. Take this from me. But I just kept getting high. I couldn't say no. Um, and then the whole time I'm watching my wife out there lose everything we love. And then she wound up in a trap house with our two-year-old. And it was all my fault. I did that. She never would have wound up anywhere near there if it wasn't for me. And so I started crying out to God even more. Uh, after about being up for four days on meth, uh, I got in my mirror and I started shaving all my hair off, some weird thwacky stuff. I said, God, I need you to take this from me. Um, the very next day, I, uh, I, I, I smoked something, some chemical sprayed on paper, and I fell out. And I came to getting the worst whooping I ever got in my life. Had about nine guards on me. They mangled my whole arm. And I wound up in a hole, and I started crying out to God. I started praying for my wife to get saved, for her to get the teen challenge. So after about nine months of prayer, I found out my wife got the teen challenge. And from there, I said, well, Lord, that's where I got to go, too. Um, but I still kept struggling with relapses, and um, I was still crying out for myself. Um, and finally, God used the scripture that I'd read a hundred times. It was Genesis 20 and 6. And God said to Abimelech in a dream, he said, I withheld you from sinning against me. And in that moment, God became real, real to me. I said, Lord, if you kept this man from sinning against you, you can keep me from sinning against you these sorceries, and I've been sober ever since. Um, I hope everybody's clapping for Jesus, because I didn't do nothing. <laughs> um, so I've been sober about two and a half years, and I've been praying about Teen Challenge ever since. And so now I kind of owe my life to Teen Challenge, because they saved my wife and my child. Um, so that's where I'm at. And thank every, I, I want to thank everybody for everything you did in our donations out there and every merchandise you bought. Uh, I got this wonderful bag full of all kind of merchandise. We've got T-shirts and crosses we make and little bracelets. And we appreciate all your donations. God bless you all. Thanks for having us. Yep. I'm going to hand you over to our pastor, Rich. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Well, I trust that you are enjoying the service. Look what the Lord has done. Pastor Rick Thornhill is in the house today. Give him a hand. I love his heart, I love his heart, I love his humility, I love his work ethic, I love as the one lady doing the Bible study, where's the lady, the sister, you said this is a church that is R-E-A-L, real, am I right? Did she say that? Yeah. Yeah. How many know we need a church that's real? 
We are the church that's real because he's real and he's alive. Amen. I, I looked over at one of the other students and I said about you, where's your Bible? Where is it? I, I, I said, look, 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 look how used, look how used. See, some of you got a Bible from the bookstore. Of course, there's no bookstores anymore, but you know, Amazon, it's got your name on it. It looks really pretty, but this, this Bible's been used. And I know now you can have your Bible on, you know, on your phone and all this, but you, you understand what I mean. But there's an old saying, listen to this, when your Bible's messed up, chances are your life isn't. Thank you. Let me just mention again, we didn't really, how many enjoyed, come on, how many enjoyed those testimonies? Come on, give the Lord a hand. So we have a bunch of stuff on the table. I'm just going to mention this real quick. This helps us to continue with road trips, doing what we're doing. The students make and sand and paint the crosses. Come on, now we've got our own coffee in Jesus' name. Who believes in coffee? Who believes in decaf? Because we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. We don't believe in decaf. It's a waste of paperwork. But we actually sell it. We grind it. There's a testimony on the back of a student. So that's pretty cool. And if you buy the coffee, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to have a Teen Challenge coffee cup. As you're wearing your Teen Challenge bracelet with your Prey Purple Teen Challenge shirt, we've got large and small tote bags. We've got a condensed version. How many appreciate condensed versions of anything? Come on. There's a condensed version of the cross and the switchblade. That's your gift. Okay. And then lastly, what else do we have in the bag, uh, Bob Barker? Okay. Anyway, uh, we've got pens. We've got literature that's back there. Can you help me? Uh, thank you very much, uh, brother. Thank you for getting. And so, but lastly, I wanted to also mention that if you want to help us, if you're able to help us, we have churches that support us monthly, which is not really what I'm getting at, though. We'd love to have you do that. We're huge fans of Pastor Rick Thornhill. I love the name, The Bridge. Come on. And what a setup. What a facility. This place, you guys are killing it in Ambridge. Is that where we're at? All right. Don't mind me. I've got ADHD, and I did not take my Ritalin. It's great to have Bob DeSelvo in the house. Who knows Bob? Is Joel in the house? Joel was in our program. Evan Werner was on vacation. He was smart. He was smart to leave when I was coming. Joel or, or, or Evan Werner. Give that guy a hug for me. Who knows Evan? I love Evan. Evan's great. But 
When Bob was with us, we called him Bob the Builder. I'm not sure if you do that, but this guy does everything and does it well. But I've got in my hand some literature. If you want to donate the Teen Challenge, you could be a donor, if you will, and support us as much as you want. There's literature. There's texting involved in this, which I don't know anything about. Praise God. But we want you to pray for us. We want you to know that we love you. We appreciate all of you here in the service. Teen Challenge, do we not appreciate this wonderful church today? Amen? And we want you to know that we love you and you can't do a thing about it. We also want you to know we were very blessed when Pastor Richard Thornhill came and spoke in chapel. I am not as good a speaker as him, so I just want to get that out of the way now. Okay, if you have your Bibles, just get ready. At this time, I just want to introduce a very special friend of mine, and then we're going to get into the Word. We're going to pray at the altar in just a few minutes or so. Some of our students are going to pray with you and for you. Look, you need a touch. You need encouragement. You need to be healed. You need Jesus. You need peace. You need a job. You just need hope. Hey, man, you're in the right place. This is New Hope Community Church. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray for people. We're going to hang out and believe God for a breakthrough. Some of you might need a breakthrough. Some of you just need direction. Some of you just need, you don't even know what you need, man. I'm telling you, God is here in our midst. Come on, the worship team, give those guys a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. And how about the drummer? The drummer, he's got his own house with, 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 with lights. I want to meet the drummer later and get his autograph. But I wanted to mention uh, Pastor George Palumbo is in the house. He's one of our leaders at Teen Challenge. The Lord's taking him into a different direction. But I have come to love and appreciate Pastor George. I wanted to come and just say hello to you. I've learned how to be a better person because of Pastor George. I've learned some great Christian principles. He's a former cop, 30-some years in Beaver County. And he loves the Lord. He brought his wife with him today. And I'm honored to know him. I want him to just greet you and say a few words. Amen. Pastor George, come on, man. Come on, give him a hand. Give him a hand. He smells good, too. Every day he smells good. I get my stuff at the Dollar Tree. He doesn't buy his stuff at the Dollar Tree. I love this guy. You know, every time he speaks at chapel, the one thing I say is, man, when, when Rich speaks, I need a nap. I need to take a nap after Rich speaks. My name is George Palumbo. Listen, I have had the privilege. I've had the privilege of loving these men.
<laughs> now, how do you follow that? Well, if you have your Bibles, I just want to share a few thoughts with you, and we're going to have prayer in just a few minutes here. Again, Pastor Rick Thornhill, thank you for you and your ministry, the leaders, elders, board members, deacons, ushers. Look at me real quick here. We're honored to be here. We take it serious. We're visiting. You're in charge. We're just here to connect. We're here to serve. We're here to partner. We're here to somehow, some way, in Jesus' name, be a blessing to you today. That's why we're here. And we want you to know we're honored. And having know that having a guest speaker is risky business. Having a guest ministry is risky. Having know it is. It's serious business. It's risky business. So he's the boss. And he's the leader, and, the, and all of you wonderful people that call New Hope Community Church home, we're here to be here to serve you today. So thank you once again for having us. Father, in the next few moments, in the next few moments, in Jesus' name, speak to our hearts. Lord, we need more. We want to know you better. We need change. We need growth. We need the truth. We need hope. We need community. We are the church. Thank you that the word is alive and well, and the word does surgery. And Lord, there's some things that we need to deal with and lay on the table. There's some attitudes or heart conditions or just some things that we're dealing with, addictions, uh, mindsets, plans in our own way. Lord, today, minister, challenge us through your word. Help us not to just hear it, but to do it, for faith without works is dead. May we not just say amen, but may our lives be an amen. May we not just share good news, but may we be good news to those around us. May we be uh, changed today. May we leave different, going deeper, setting the bar higher, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. I want to share real quickly, jot it down if you'd like, or just watch me sweat in the name of the Lord, but I wanted to mention uh, the, the, the sermon, if you will, simple stuff. I'm a simple kind of guy. Three reasons why you need Jesus. Quickly, three reasons why you need, and I need, and Pastor Rick needs Jesus. Let me get my water ready Amen. I did not spill it. Thank you, Lord. When I asked Pastor Rick if we could bring the podium down, he said, yeah, no problem. Just don't lift it from the top. I looked up and I said, in Jesus' name, don't touch the top. But they're already bringing it down. They grabbed it down here. So thank God we didn't break it. Hallelujah. Three reasons why you need Jesus. Number one, because you have a past. And your past isn't good. We've jacked up things, haven't we? you got a past to deal with. I've got a past, and we need Jesus because, number one, we have a past. May I remind you, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's a paycheck. The Bible also says that you reap what you sow. Come on. You play with fire, you get burnt. There's a check in the mail. So number one, listen, because we have a past, that's why we need Jesus. And you can't go back and change your past, ladies and gentlemen. You can't do it. Now watch this. One of the young men in our church, I 
go to Crossway Community Church in Mars, Valencia. It's kind of weird to say, I go to church in Mars. People are like, well, that's your problem. But So there's a, a, a young man in our church. His name is Ben Allison. He has Down syndrome. He's one of the coolest guys. I take him out to Eaton Park every now and then. He's very particular about he gets the burger with the fries, with a pickle and ketchup, and then he eats the burger, just kills it. Then the fries, he's got a program. He's got a setup. That's what he does. Ben Allison. But he's a big movie buff. His favorite movie is Back to the Future. And every time I see him, he'll remind me of Back to the Future. And Bob, guess what? This guy, Ben uh, Allison, he wants a time machine. Because it's in the movie. And he wants to go back to his parents' first date. Everybody say, oh. Well, guess what, friends? That's a cool story. I love it. We don't have a time machine. We can't go back. But guess what? Listen now. We can't go back, but he can. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9 says, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can walk through those places of sin and failure and wipe the slate clean. All eyeballs here, ladies and gentlemen, in Jesus' name, he, all he has to do is push the delete button. He died for us. He suffered for us. He paid the price for us. He stepped in and started the first rescue mission. So guess what? If you're here and you don't know the Lord, I'm not talking about knowing I'm here. I'm not talking about the fact that you're here with a Bible with your name on it. I'm saying, listen, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've not accepted him into your life. When I was in school and I knew the answer, I'd put my hand up. That wasn't often. How many know who the answer is? Jesus. So if you're here without him, you can accept him. And guess what? In Jesus' name, he washes your sins white as snow. That's the only thing, by the way, I like about winter is Isaiah 118. He makes our sins white as snow. So if you're here, listen. In Jesus' name, the delete button, it's all done. It's over for you. And you've got victory because of Christ and in Jesus' name. So first of all, you need Christ. Listen now, because you have a past. But understand something, he can forgive you, he can give you a second chance, or a third, fourth, and fifth chance. Come on, somebody. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He can give you a brand new, fresh start. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter who you've been with, or what you've thought or said, your behavior, your actions. Yes, we are all sinners saved by grace. But we're here. You're here. And you say, you know what? Wow, okay. Uh, I hear you. I, 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 I need forgiveness. I, 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 need to, I need to deal with the past and the, the track record. And he died for that. For God so loved, man. Come on, say amen. Secondly, quickly. Secondly, now listen now. Because you need a friend. So number one, you need Jesus because you have a past that only he can wash away in your life. It's your call. It's your choice. He loves you but gave you a free will. Somebody. So if you have a past, I would encourage you to deal with it now today so you can walk in freedom. Come on, as you leave this wonderful service. Secondly, quickly, you need Jesus because you need a friend. The Bible says, listen now, in Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So notice what the scripture says. You can have a boatload of friends. 
Some of you in this room have had boatloads of friends. You've had a lot of friends. I don't have that many friends. In fact, when I got married, my wife had 10 girls in the wedding party. I said, for the love of God, I've just got to go out on the streets and start finding people to be in my wedding because I don't have that many friends. I said, honey, you're killing me over here. What in the world? Can you be in my wedding? Can you be in my wedding? Hey, dude, what's your name? What difference? Look at it. A man of many companions, good friends, friends that aren't so good, you've got them, I've got them. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what we need. When you think about what a friend is, a friend is someone that tells you the truth. Well, check the box, the Bible, he tells us the truth. A friend is someone who's there for you through thick and thin. Check the box. A friend is probably somebody that would most likely die for you. Am I right? Come on, ladies and gentlemen, let's check that box. So watch this. We need Jesus because we have a past. Only he can wash away. I hope you're getting it. Secondly, listen, we need Jesus because we need a friend. Let me say it again. We need a friend. And guess what we need? We need a real friend. You know, I've come to realize I used to say I love kids. And I, anybody know what Royal Rangers is? I used to do Royal Rangers. It's like a Christian version of Boy Scouts. But I remember having all these kids, and I've learned, Pastor Rick, you know, the truth sets you free. Amen, Scott? I may appreciate Scott. He did a good job today. But listen to this. Uh, I, I, I used to think I love kids. I, I actually love my own kids. I don't just love kids. There's a difference. But with my own kids, I love them, but I also sometimes want to kill them and just pray and just repent, you know, but sometimes I want to lay hands on my kids suddenly. But how many know that sometimes Jesus has to deal with us, has to put up with us, has to work with us, but that's a friend. You failed him. You've mocked him. You've let him down. You've dogged him. You've cursed him. Jesus is still saying, I love you. Doesn't the Bible say that, God, doesn't the Bible say that God's love draws us to repentance? He keeps loving you. How many with a hand raised will say, he just kept loving me. I was running from him. I was manipulating. I was trying to be a, a con artist. I was trying to duck and hide and manipulate and, and get my own way. He just, he just kept loving me. That's what he does. So understand something. He's a great friend. But I, I tell you, I love my kids. I don't always love their choices. I don't always love their attitude. I don't always love the fact that they're not obedient. Look at me. God loves us. He doesn't always love our attitude, doesn't love our choices, doesn't love our behavior, but he keeps loving us because, Bob, he's a great friend. So are you with me? Number one, we need Jesus. Why? Because we have a past that only he can wash away. Number two, as we close out, we need Jesus because we have a friend that will love us and stick with us no matter what. Can you say amen? amen. He loves you. He believes in you. He cares about you. And guess what? He died for you. And then the third reason, quickly, we have a future. Yeah, we're all going somewhere fast. How's that working for you? Where are you going? We need Jesus. Thirdly and lastly, because he has a future. Jeremiah 
29.11. Come on, say it with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to hurt you or harm you, but plans to what? Give you a hope and a future. That was the theme verse of my graduation from Bible college way back in 87. As you get older, Pastor Rick, we realized that was a while ago. Praise God. Some of you weren't even around then. That's weird to even say. But okay. So, but understand something. We need him because we have a past. We need him because we need a friend. And thirdly, he holds the future. Where are you going? How are you living? What are you up to? Listen as we wrap up. Let God love you today. Make things right with God today. Trust him and give him your life today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when it fits in your schedule, not when it's convenient. Because we don't have tomorrow. We don't have the next second. So watch this. Make things right. Come to him. Talk to him. Pour your heart out to a God who already knows where you're at and what you're facing. Maybe you're discouraged today. I travel all over the Northeast preaching as an Assemblies of God evangelist, and I also have the privilege of working with Teen Challenge. Back in the 80s, I worked with Teen Challenge in Syracuse, New York, where it snows a lot. You think you get snow here? Go to upstate New York. But the reason I'm bringing that up is I have come to realize that churches are filled with people that are discouraged. Some of you are hurting. Some of you are depressed. Some of you are lonely. Some of you are dealing with fear and anxiety, guilt, hopelessness, addictions. Your marriage is in trouble. Your kids are running from God. Anybody got issues with anger? That's a big subject right there. We, we could preach on that all day. Being delivered from anger. Just stuff. Well, he's here, and there's a doctor in the house. And his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you're running. I can tell you right now, you can't outrun him. You can't hide from him. Wherever you go, the Bible says he's right there. Would you stand? God wants to help you today. God wants to save you today. God wants to forgive you today. It's your call. You know, I've been in ministry a long time and been saved. I got saved in 1980. One in Baltimore, Maryland. My mother got saved in 1980. I grew up without a dad. I never had a dad, never even met my dad. I'm the oldest of three kids. Got saved at 17 years old, was a drummer, just dove into ministry, went to Bible school and have never looked back. Youth pastor Virginia, Alexandria, then Teen Challenge, Syracuse. I met my wife. She lives in, was living in Cranberry. I met her preaching a tent meeting in Latrobe, a Greensburg area, back in 96. She came out to meet me from Monroeville, Assembly of God Church. It was a blind date. And she's now my wife, so it was a great tent service. Awesome. 24 years we've been together with three kids. But I'm saying all that to say that God knows where you're at. And God wants to touch you and bless you and guide you and lead you and help you. People are hurting. People are struggling. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're facing. But I know he's with you. And I know he wants to touch you and minister to you and encourage you today. Come on, slip your hands up. Worship team, would you come and, and be prepared if we can do that? I'm not going to keep you. We're going to close out. 
But I've learned through the years, you know, there's spectators and there's participators. And like I was mentioning, you know, I grew up and I got saved. And my mother actually got saved through Charles Stanley on the radio. How cool was that? My mother didn't even go to church. She got saved in her car. Charles Stanley. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. Do you need them? You need a touch. You need direction. You need peace. You need healing. You need God to restore your life. You, you, you just need stuff. You've come to the right place. Father, with our hands raised up, we say in Jesus' name, touch us. In Jesus' name, direct us. In Jesus' name, uh, guide us. In Jesus' name, lead and direct us. In Jesus' name, bring healing, bring comfort, bring joy, bring satisfaction. In Jesus' name, conviction. Hallelujah. God, in Jesus' name, set us free from ourselves. We give you glory right now. Thank you for the bridge. Thank, thank you for New Hope Community Church. But we thank you most of all for your shed blood, your obedience to go to the cross, your word that's alive. Touch us. Minister to us. May your will be done in every heart as we leave today. It's been good to have been in your house. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Come on, say amen with me. Some of our students that want to pray, would you come, guys? Some of the students, why don't you come and stand? Do we have the worship team? Or maybe some the music. Can you put something on, possibly? That's awesome. What, they don't pay you for the second half? You can't? Okay. Look, we're done. We're done. But let me tell you, lives are changed when some of you make a move up here. It's your call. We're packing up and going. And that doesn't matter. But if you're here and God's speaking to you, God's challenging you to stand on behalf of your marriage, your family, you need a healing, you need direction, you're discouraged, you're dealing with fear, step out. We will pray for you today. Some of the uh, community, uh, New Hope, with some leaders, can you pray with us? Some of the leaders in the sanctuary now, would you come and join me? We're going to have a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. How about that? We're going to have a good old-fashioned prayer time. Come on, some of the leaders, would you come and pray with us? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. We love you. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Touch lives. Touch souls. Touch bodies. Touch minds. Save us. Minister to us. Deliver us. Comfort us. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, step out. We'll pray for you today. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Come on. In Jesus' name, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, friends. We want to pray for you. Come on. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
that corresponds. Still, you know who he is, the son of Sam.